Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean, X-Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty, everyone. How did that sound? Fantastic. So Pretty good, right? Yes. <laughs> I spit that out very nicely. All right, so we're going to keep this one. We're going so. with I'm this sure. one. No retakes. That was a good one. Welcome to X Pac One Two Three Sixty, everyone. I uh, missed you last week. Well, actually, I didn't really miss you at all because <laughs> I was busy like enjoying one of the best weeks I'm, in, I've had in years at uh, the Performance Center in Orlando. So, like, please don't have your feelings hurt uh, when I tell you that I would have been just fine if I didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, I like I love like like I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a dick. Uh, I'm just trying to express the uh, the enjoyment you had at the. PC. Well, yeah, just like I mean, that's heaven down there, mm. you know. Uh, for someone, you know, for for someone that's been in the industry for for you know decades and came up a certain way and had to overcome, you know, certain things that you know that we didn't have an industry coming up and they do now and they you know what. People go, oh, these kids nowadays or whatever, and yada yada yada. But you know, like, no, like that. They, this is great. They have all this stuff, like, and you know, like the people my age and all that, like, you know, doing that. These kids nowadays, shit. Come on, be happy for these kids. Yeah, we didn't have it, and yes, we busted our asses, and you know, a lot of us um, paved the way for for these things to happen. But, uh, but I mean. And yes, it would have been nice for us to have these things, but we didn't. But we didn't, you know. Uh, but um, if if people are going to go out there and risk, uh, you know, risk their lives, you know, we're mm. going, especially nowadays, the, with that, you know, the way this, just you know, the the bar is raised, like as far as you know, the crazy things that are done in the ring, like the risk. That you know, and the and the damage that everyone's doing to their body long term, you know, we deserve. They deserve the very best, and they have the very best down there in Orlando. And, I'm just blown away by the whole thing. And your generation and previous generations, you all paved the way for this to be a possibility to be professional wrestling to be so huge that the Performance Center is is so successful. Yeah, so let's be happy for them and for all the for for everyone coming up that has that. Uh, at their disposal down there. I well, mean, because you have to have you have to have brought something to the table. You have to have worked your ass off, or uh, worked your ass off in another field, you know, another sport or something, uh, to have caught their eye and end up at the performance center down there. So, um, you know, even if it's just you know they're taking a chance on your potential, 
you know. Which is and worked. if that's the case, I can, and it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know, people, you know, come through there and, and you know, some don't last long. So, but I don't know how I got off on that tangent already. <laughs> well, that's what you, know, <laughs> you were there last week. The fans want to hear about your experience. I guess, you know, my first question right off the top is, is how surreal was it for you? You had nothing like the Performance Center growing up. When you walk in there, uh, What's your first thought when you see everything there, and and I don't, maybe are there a couple hundred people there per day? Like, how, what are the daily operations? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. No, there's not that many people. Uh, it depends on the time of day and what day, and you know what's going on, and uh, uh, you know certain days Sean's there. Uh, I was, I'd say, he's t- teaching his class for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, you know, uh, anyways, I'll get to all that, you mm. know, what goes on and well, I'm not actually allowed to say what goes on in Sean's class, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's like the see, you know, it's where you learn the, it's where you learn how to make the secret sauce, everyone. All right. So, and everyone kind of has to come up with their own recipe for their secret sauce. So that's a good place to come up with a recipe. Yeah. Uh, is Sean's class in ring and promos? Or? No, it's not in ring and it's not promos. It's just just the advanced. Yeah, it's the it's it's the good shit. Mm. It's the shit that you have to be ready for. Or you're not even gonna get. It's the shit that um, I, I that's it. I'm not. I, mean, I can't, I'm not allowed to say anymore. Well, my ge- my guess would it it's like in graduate school where you just meet with the professor at the beginning of the semester and he tells you exactly what's expected of you. And then you meet with him maybe two or three times other. Yeah. And that, but that that professor is so good that they form everything you did that year. Mm. Did you uh, sit for a promo class or like? No. What was the situation like? All right, so so I got there. Uh, there was a rental car waiting for me, and a very nice place at the um, residence, and some um, you know the accommodations were great. I just I showed up on time, very proud of myself. Showed up at nine o'clock a.m. Was Lula with you? No, Lula stayed here. All right. So uh, and there's a lady named Melissa that that pretty much makes everything makes the uh, makes everything happen around there. She she uh, holds everything together, and she's a spectacular lady. She's her energy's infectious. She's just like you, you know. She always has a big, big smile on her face, and kind of like a mother to everyone. But I don't know if "mother's" the right way of putting it. But just kind of a, and 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 really, um, you know, I was, I'd been to FCW and it was in Tampa, mm-hmm. and then you know they changed it to NXT while they were in Tampa. Um, so, you know, I had seen, you know, that was a nice facility, too. Uh, but the system was different. And now the system is just, you know, it, it's it's not just the system, but it's the culture. The The culture is, uh, it's, um, you know, it's everything you would hope for. I saw your tweet mentioned yeah. about how it was the most positive environment you've ever been around. Ever. Yeah. And, not, and I'm not just saying... Uh, in the industry, but definitely within the industry, but just it, basically any work environment I've ever seen. Wow. You know, and we're talking about the entertainment industry, and you know how mm-hmm. tough that is. So, um, but yeah, 
and just and and the system they have in place there and how to you know how to uh um you know these kids to to develop and to, and you know I mean everyone goes at a different pace sure so there's some people that last you know that that have been there for a few years some people they're in and out of there in a year or whatever but um and everybody <clears throat> I don't know how much I need to get into like all the specifics like, mm. you know I don't know if well yeah I I guess I can talk about well, it when you, you know sh- they worked their ass up that whole crew and they're and they and and that crew uh has a sense of uh you know um community there's a bond there you yeah. know because they all get there that uh you know when they do like a live event you know everyone's there at like five o'clock and everyone from the first match to the main event and everywhere in between are all helping put the ring up set the chairs up it's uh you know put do all that stuff it's interesting you say that i was uh, a couple of years ago i was in florida and i met up with uh ryan katz who works down yes. there and went to an event, and it was shortly after Kevin Owens signed. He was doing the same thing. Yeah. He was setting chairs, helping put the ring up, and this is the Kevin Owens we see on television every week. That's right, yeah. and everyone. And I mean, I would, I was more than happy to help do it too. They, uh, you know, actually, no one would let me. And <laughs> and and really, uh, they have a system down there that uh, you know everyone knows how to put that, you know, put the ring up and tear it down and. Honestly, my help would have just slowed them down, to be honest <laughs> with you, you know, uh, truthfully. Um, but, yeah, and, and you can sit back and tell, like, you know, you see occasionally, you know, some people can't hide the fact that they think they're, you know, a little above maybe setting rings up so or, or things like that, you know. But, you know, I don't mean to be cliche, but these things build character. Mm. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh, but ask me some questions, everybody. Well, there are Shit. lots. There <laughs> are lots of new signees that just yeah. got hired. Uh, Robbie E, Stokely Hathaway, yes, ACH, yes. Did you interact with them? I it, did. What uh, were they happy? Obviously, everyone was happy to see you. But did you have any advice for the new signees there, or maybe people you know that have been there a while that might be? Struggling and stressing out about like why am I still here? I've been here so many years. Why not? Eh, eh, well, one thing at a time. <laughs> um, I saw Stokely. I was happy to see him there. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it's nice to see that guy Stokely Hathaway. You know, um, he sh- he. He he took his social media and you know he took his he he, he that's a pretty good uh, Jesus Christ I'm having a hard time he's fucking a, spitting he's shit a out to funny today. dude that yeah. Yes. yeah but yeah. what I'm trying to say is if you want to see how to do it how to get your name out there how to get attention um, go back and 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 look at how Stokely Hathaway did it out there you know uh, putting his content out there you know. Uh, uh, funny guy, right? Like you, you, you can tell the the character of Stokely Hathaway. Like he gets it. Like you, right, he, he like, came in and did the championship wrestling from Hollywood red carpet rumble this year, yeah. and had just a really funny spot. Like he knew what his role was coming in as as a, the first timer in the the rumble, and it was really funny. He gets eliminated, and boom! But it's something that everyone enjoyed. Yeah. 
do you think that this is a sign that WWE is going to bring back more managers, or do you think he'll be in the ring? I don't. I mean, I don't know if they're like, you know, oh, we need managers, we need managers, but maybe, hey, uh, we have these guys, and maybe we need a manager for that spot. I don't think they're going, hey, let's sign a bunch of managers. <laughs> so I don't think it's anything like that. But, you know, I mean, people will come to conclusions. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, manager, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, managers have always, you know, when I was a kid, they were a huge part of wrestling. You know, you take a really good piece of talent that can't talk and throw a manager with them. Boom, off to the races. And that's what the PC is for. He might develop some kind of chemistry that they don't expect to happen, and yeah. boom, there you go. Yeah, so anyways, you know, skipping around here, like just kind of jumping around and little shit's coming to my mind. Um, I, you know, like the first thing I did was, um, you know, they gave me a T-shirt. I think it's probably the same shirt I'm wearing right now. <laughs> I don't think I've taken it off since. <laughs> anyways, haha. ha <laughs> Um... So I went out to the ring and Norman Smiley was out there teaching, you know, stuff, technical stuff that like, okay, Norman and I were trained by the same guy, the great Malenko and all of that. But I mean, I don't know where the fuck I was the day that <laughs> all that shit was taught. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyways. Uh, yeah, no, I wasn't there to be teaching guys moves. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So, um. But it's, it's 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 Norman does a great job. Like they have Norman there that that's about as good as you can get at teaching that stuff. Uh, Scotty Tuhati was there. He's the best teaching a teaching a class. <clears throat> um, oh, fuck, who else was there? Oh, Robbie Brookside. Right. Um. Oh shit. Anyways. <laughs> Well, what did you teach anything? Did you like get up and hold class? Or? No, I, that's not really how I do it. Like I, you know, I, I take, I did, I like I produced some stuff. And, um, you know, I do a lot of one-on-one stuff with people, with with talent and and that, and uh, it's just kind of you know, uh, I, it's all. It's almost like if you Your see philosophy, you know, mm-hmm. like you know what to do, and you know the shit I talk, I talk about mm-hmm. on here, the the in between the move stuff and um and that. But um, so would you watch two people go have like a little practice match, no, pull them aside? No, and... it's we watch tape, we watch video of uh, uh, their matches from live events, from TV, from dark matches, or if I'm there at the live event, like I was in St. Pete. Um, and then Venice the next night, you know, you just watched all the matches and I gave feedback whenever I could. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I'm just so, I'm so impressed by the, by that roster they have down there. Um, and that includes the roster we still haven't seen on television, yeah. I'm assuming. Just the whole All of them. Yeah. The, the, the roster at the PC. Yeah. No, no, not even necessarily the NXT roster. Well, I mean, well, there's that too, but I mean, I don't even know the difference. Between, I, I wasn't there long enough. I don't think mm. to know the difference. Like, I, cause some people, I think, have been put out there sooner than others, like as far as on TV or whatever, or at least having matches. So it's hard for me to tell. Sure. They're throwing people out there. 
Is it one of those environments that is it like always open? Like, say you want to go work on something at two in the morning. Do they have the option of? of do they have a key card that gets them in? Do you know? That's a good question. I'm sure. I'm not sure how long. Like the the security, the, there might be twenty four seven security there. Yeah. <clears throat> and I could see that like it being maybe a situation where certain people have keys because I I know <clears throat> that the office in Stanford, I used to have a key. To Titan Towers, mm. I had a key to Titan Towers even when I worked at uh, WCW. Wow! <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, man. yeah. And when I went back to to work WWF from WCW, fucking key still worked when I tried wow. to use it. <laughs> you could have really done some damage. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what an invasion that would have <laughs> oh, been. <God. laughs> WCW and the NWO just walk right into Titan Towers. We got hey, so key. hey, you want to hear a funny story? Yes. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, we have those keys, and it was, you know, Hunter, and uh, still we were DX, and, and China was still part of DX, and we were all three riding together, and I don't know, we were pulling into the office real late at night, and there was no obviously no one there. We were stopping there. Sometimes, like, they would, like, okay, rent a car for us and have it parked mm-hmm. at the parking garage in, in the office. And so we would just show up there and just switch cars or fucking whatever, mm-hmm. right? I mean, whatever the case was, here we are at like two in the morning, and we're walking. I don't know. Has anybody ever been to the Titan Tower? Mm-hmm. Front office is like you know a typical you know foyer or you know mm-hmm. entrance way, and um, you know like two stories, three stories, well more than that, like two three stories high, you know. And and there's this fucking big old poster up on the wall. I mean, not poster. It's a goddamn mural. Like a mural. Like yes. A subway billboard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of the paper of the the upcoming pay per view and and like stare Sable, big as fuck. Just <laughs> Sable. There she is. And there was a little bit of heat, like you know, over some stuff with China and Sable, and you know. So we're walking by that, and I was like. Hey, anyone have a Sharpie? (laughs) (laughs) And and we got a Sharpie and fucking um, Hunter stuck me up on his his shoulders and I put a mustache on Sable's... I put a mustache on on Sable (laughs) on the goddamn mural. And so apparently Vince walked in the next day and he like kind of just did a double take and he didn't even sell it. He just looked at it again and went, take that down. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even look at the security footage yeah. to see who did it. That's uh, in the prop warehouse right yeah. now. Oh, <laughs> For sure. That That's is, awesome. That is exclusive, one of one. Yeah. Yep. Clip it out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, you know, some people work better nocturnally, so maybe some people want to go to the PC at 3 a.m. to work on some stuff. So I imagine maybe hopefully maybe. that option is there, you know? That's, uh, maybe, yeah. Well, and I tell you what, they have a strength and conditioning coach there. His name's Sean Davis, I think. I hope I got that right. And, and wow. You know, I mean, the, just the things they do now, training wise. I mean, it's it it's it's very foreign looking compared to, you know, how we trained. You know, just going mm. into the gym and, you know, doing some dumbbells and some, you know, just some basic, you know, conventional weight training. It's kind of they're they're much more advanced than that, and like kind of like, um, like CrossFit type stuff. I see like different like athletic movements and. 
and just different ways of, of like functional training like that. You know, you're a physical therapist. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm talking about here. Exercise science has evolved over the years. I mean, physical therapy, for example, yeah. uh, 25 years ago was just hot packs and cold packs and people trying to figure it out along the way. Yeah. And now it's it's uh, physical therapy is a whole entire new animal. And I know they have a PT staff there for people who get Absolutely. Injured. They had that. They had they, it was, that that was up and running, you know, like on my last day there. Um. That's yeah, huge. people were in there getting therapy, coming in. You know, I, I saw Sammy saying come in. Oh, just a bunch of different people coming through there. That is Main so important. As someone yeah. who who works on multiple people every event I work, because there's no healthcare mm-hmm. staff, to have someone at the PC who, not just, I'm sure there's multiple people who can help these athletes, whether it's just yeah. a hamstring pull or something as serious as Sammy Zane. Yeah. Oh, my God, that does wonders. So, you know, I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, oh, Sean Hayes. His name is Sean Hayes. I don't know. I said Sean Davis. No. Fuck. Anyways, yeah, Sean Hayes. <laughs> I know Sean Davis is. He's like, anyways, he was an <laughs> independent wrestler from Florida. So, uh, uh, where was I? Rehab. Uh, oh, no. I, what I was going to say is, you know, this new way of training and – and I don't know if you noticed, but the physiques look different these days. I mean, they look great, but they don't look like, you know, your bodybuilding yeah. physique. More functional. Yes. The muscles are longer and, like, you know, just. Well, some people, I mean, I mean, everyone has different body types, but well, I just, also, I do notice that. And it's also tailored to everyone's body type. Whereas yeah. 10 or 15 years ago, if you looked at wrestlers' bodies, it would be more or less every every wrestler trying to look like Hulk Hogan. Yes. Whereas now, whereas yeah. now they're they're trying to look the best they can look for their body mm-hmm. type. So, well, going to the PC and seeing all the stuff that they have for all their students, do you think that this is something other schools should implement in their training? And maybe like the Monster Factory should get more rings in a bigger area. Uh, and I don't like think this. so. It's a lot of money. I don't think so because that's just. I mean, they operate at a much larger scale. You don't need that on on a on a like a a smaller level, like a school, you know, Monster Factory or you know whoever else's school, you know, Lance Storm School, um, you know, like the OVW thing, who just signed a deal like to Impact. be developmental for Impact. Um, good for them, uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's the system, not the not the, it's the way it's the the way of doing things and the methods uh, that are important that you know other people and uh, like other schools, for example, can can learn from, not like the actual facility, because you can't you know, compete, you can't really. Emulate that if you don't have the budget. Sure. So, and and you shouldn't even really try. I mean, you do the best you can, you know. But you know, yeah, I would just concentrate on like what I could take from that place as far as like the methods and the, you know, what the way that? they treat the talent and the way they nurture them, and you know, the balance they have with not, you know, um. Not cuddling them or coddling. How's it coddling? <laughs> coddling and coddling are kind of similar. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, at the same time, not being, you know, that certain 
mentality of training that uh, there, that there's no place for these days. So it's not like everyone's on eggshells. Yeah, it's it's exactly. comfort. You're allowed yes. to fail and and learn. Yeah, cool. So. How was it taking part in that live event? We saw the video, but obviously it must have been a pretty cool experience. Uh, there was two. The first one in St. Petersburg. Uh, those are tough. You know, the, they go out there and they perform on such a high level, and it, and 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 there and there's. And it's such a great locker room, such a great roster, and so much talent in there. And, you know, they're used to going on some of these shows. Like, when they come here, you know, NXT does live events here or or any of the live mm-hmm. events outside of Florida, and and the takeovers and the crowd responses to the work they do. Uh, and then they go to St. Petersburg, my hometown. I'm, I love St. Pete very much, but my God. They're out there busting their humps. And I don't know what the fuck St. Pete fucking wants <laughs> oh, no. to get off of their fucking hands and make some noise. But Jesus Christ. Like the crowd in Louisiana, what city was what that? What the uh, Lafayette. fuck? Yeah. yeah, or whatever. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, you got Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong just crushing it. And the people are just sitting there not making a peep. Spoiled. And I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with and, you guys? And it was a $15 ticket. Yeah. Wow. Like, it, wow. It's $20. It's a $15 ticket, $20 ringside. You're kidding me. It, it is Oof. the best. In wrestling, if you're ever in Central Florida, it, or if you're ever in Florida in general, one of the best deals as for live wrestling is an NXT. Like, legit. Florida honestly, show. I would come up with a different town. I would, I would, I would quit running St. Pete until <laughs> they fucking actually were grateful to have a goddamn wrestling show there again. I mean, I mean, Oof. That, or maybe legit. they run it too much. That's just it because they run they a might lot run of the, it too much. They run a lot of those towns at least five times a year. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, the impact zone. The fans, tend, yes. they got very spoiled after a while yeah, and stopped so being excited. You, you know? go, but the, but I go to full I sale. go to full sale. It's just fine there. True, mm. they know what they're looking at, and that's here's another thing too. Okay, partly in, in defense of the fans, the fans like a certain thing. In certain in certain areas, and in Florida, they like the Gaga. You know, I'm not sure if you understand what I mean, but the old like Southern, you know, Memphis work style. the people, the you yeah. know, one two in the corner, like, um, and you know, and NXT shows they're going out there and they're giving them just their normal NXT show, and you know, and if they maybe sprinkle a little Gaga in there, it might help. Little Memphis. Yes, mm. yeah. you have to know your crowd, and 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 you know, and adjust accordingly. So I mean, and that's something that uh, everyone can work on. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, congratulations, sure. man. We were yeah. very excited to, to hear you talk all about it when you came back. So, uh, it's I, I, I'm just so incredibly impressed by everything. Um, that Matt Bloom, and and it doesn't surprise me with him. Uh, he's just he's so uh, uh, even tempered and just and really just really knows how to deal with with those kids and uh, and Sean watching Sean how he interacts with everyone now it's like you know when Sean when we all were traveling together we all had you know we were all in the middle of dealing with our shit and so we weren't you know we weren't always that pleasant (laughs) <laughs> to be around with each other, you know, and shit just it would come out sideways sometimes. 
And you know, um, like so, even though a lot of uh, a lot of brilliant things uh, uh, we came up with a lot of brilliant things in in, in the car rides and and you know with our time with each other, but like it's a much more healthier like way that I, like I see him, you know, he's at peace, he's happy, mm-hmm. um, and 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 so like um, and so he's you. able to share. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And so, and and so, like the, oh fuck! It's really hard for me to explain it, but uh, it's like a family environment. And Matt Bloom seems like he's a fatherly figure to a lot of those people. Everyone has like there's a there's a bond there. I, I um, and there's a community there, and there's everyone is supporting each other. You know, obviously there's a few little, uh, you know, uh, there's probably some people that'll end up weeding themselves out. You know, attitudes, things like that. But overall, like if you know, like everyone is is uplifting each other, and um, yeah, I'm just incredibly impressed. Well, recently Chelsea Green. Oh uh, uh, yeah, she, she broke, broke her, her wrist. wrist. Yeah, I mm. saw that. I was right there when I was. Man, in her yeah, TV. You were right was, there when it happened. Well, I mean, I wasn't right like right here, <laughs> like two feet away, but I was at the you know gorilla position, and you know she didn't even sell that. You know, it's, we couldn't even tell her. Wrist was broken because, like, she barely sold it. And I think she needed surgery, so that tells me yeah. she probably did a radial ulnar fracture, which, you know, that's a couple of months at least of, uh, mm. you know, being patient before you yeah. do anything. So, But she was saying how she breaks her wrist, she's in the hospital, Zack Ryder's back on the road, and now she's all alone. And then she posted a picture of Ricochet's girlfriend, I can't think of her name. Casey? Casey? Yeah, she, she took her to the hospital, she spent time with her, she was hanging out with her, so she wasn't alone, and it was like, yeah, like this is a real family, and I think you tweeted something about that, like anyone who says that... Like, no, that was Lance Storm, because, okay. okay, Rip Rod, you know, Hustler Rip Rogers, he's... he's <clears throat> He has so much to offer. He, Rip is is a great teacher, uh, but like I wouldn't take advice, at re- relationships and wrestling advice from Rip. You know mm-hmm. that old mentality of there's no friends in wrestling. You know the competition. Da, 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 da. Fuck that. That's the old. That's that's a sad, sad way of going through life in this industry. I've made amazing friends. Yes. Okay. We were very competitive. Okay, uh, and we all did very well, and uh, and um, and I, I value those friendships to this day, and 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 um, a lot of amazing things uh, have happened because of friendships and wrestling. Look, I mean, a lot like every like the click. You know, people can talk about all the shitty things, or you know that they think that we did or were responsible for, but like. Like a lot of great things happen because of that friendship. Uh, a lot of great things, <clears throat> uh, great things happen because of their friendships with, you know, Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega. There you go. Those are real friendships. Well, you talk about Developed. riding in the car. That's where you came up with a lot of your brilliant ideas. Yes, because of friendship. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, although that might be some people's experience, it was Chief J Strongbow's experience too. He preached to me, "All oh, these people ain't your friends. These guys ain't your friends." Uh, when you're at home hurt, sitting at home, not making any money, you think they're going to call you? Well, guess what, Chief? Yes, they did call me. They might. No one might. Uh, maybe no one called you, 
you know? But yeah, when I was home hurt with a broken neck, a fuck ton of people called me. So everyone has a different experience. Mm -hmm. And if you value friendships and you love people, uh, there's no reason why you can't go through this life in, in, in this industry and not, uh, you know, not make some amazing friendships. And speaking of friendships, you know, Hall of Fame coming up. How was it getting fitted for that tux? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, they give you a $1,000 allowance for that thing. I blew that out of the water. <laughs> you got a top hat and a cane? Jesus. No, but I mean, Jesus That's really not Christ. much for a custom fit tux. Not even. No. Yeah. No, I mean, I do, it's way over doubled that. Okay. Yeah, I just, I'm going to look oh. good as fuck. <laughs> Hell, I can't wait. Dapper. Yeah. What about Lou? Did you find Lou's outfit? Yet? Not yet. Not yet, but. <laughs> Sorry, Lou, the budget's already been busted. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lou's budget was actually 3000 That's uh, yeah, right. Should we hit a couple other things before we uh, get to Rory Carp? Oh, Some yeah, news. yeah, yeah. All right, oh, let's do it. that? I just burped. So AEW and AAA, the partnership continues. This past weekend, uh, the Young Bucks did an impromptu challenge to the Lucha Brothers right after they won the AAA Tag Team Championships. Guess what? Young Bucks win the titles. So there you go, double or nothing. That main event, the uh, the Annie just gets upped. Now the, it looks like the AAA Tag Team titles are going to be on the line. Where did they, they win that? Down in Mexico? Yes. Ray to Reyes event. event. Huh. Uh. That's not how I would have done it. How would you have done it? Not like that. I mean, you could do that there, but you couldn't really. I mean, I don't know. Like, that's didn't that doesn't that kind of just kind of smack of like eh, we need to do this quick title change so we can set this up. You you can mm-hmm. take yeah. it as that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't know what they were, you know, uh, I don't know like the like the circumstances of what they had to work with and like you got to get things done and you know this is where we're going and so, you know, well, down there in Mexico you can get away with things like that. Well, they did Lucha Brothers defeated Los uh, Los Mercenarios for the titles. They could have just kept those titles. Young Bucks could have shown up. They could have had a face off and then that could have led to double Yeah, nothing. I'm not I don't so yeah. I'm not sure where like but I think they obviously they know where they're going with it, sure. so it's easy to go. Eh, what the fuck are they doing? Uh, you know, it, uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if this means that they can send the young bucks down the AAA now, but post all in they can't, or sorry, post double or nothing they might not be able to. So in the exchange, it's like you're going to get the young bucks down in AAA, but not after May, not mm. after May 25th when we do this event. So yeah. maybe that maybe if that's the square peg, this is the this is the square hole that that it has to be like. Well, then they'll be the champions heading in, and then your guys. Yeah, and and so sometimes it's like, eh, well, you know, this isn't ideal. This isn't the greatest way of doing this, but let's just get it done and just like move forward. And you know, every other thing about this is great. You know, the teams are great. You know, uh, so let's, yeah, yeah, let's. Could be better, but let's just yep. get over it. Either way, it's already sold out. Yeah, uh, exactly. AJ Styles has a new puppy and a new contract, so he officially has signed uh, an extension with WWE. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I pretty much. I I mean, it's not you know okay. There's leverage. You know, you got uh, 
AEW is on the market now, but like I just can't. I couldn't imagine a, uh, AJ leaving. No, leaving there. I mean, he's he's established there. He's established as one of the top echelon of guys in WWE, without question. Him, so, him and Randy Orton will tear it up. So, at WrestleMania. yeah. <clears throat> so, regardless of uh, whatever number is on a on a contract on the downside guarantee, there's way more money being made. So, trust me, AJ Styles is going to make a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. He deserves it. Good for him. Yes, he does. And that's a beautiful puppy. Yeah. yeah. Right? Was it a little so, fashion, maybe? I couldn't tell. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, uh, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's uh, introduce... The puppy, and oh yeah, you know, as a side note, I just re-signed with WWE. Brilliant. <laughs> Love the way he did that. Yeah. Good for him. That's pretty Good cool. for WWE. So we had a couple of new matches uh, supposedly added this past week. The one that's getting the most, um, I guess the most criticism you could say online is Kurt Angle named his opponent for WrestleMania. It's going to be Baron Corbin. Uh, a lot of people are thinking that's, you know, a lackluster way for Angle to have his retirement match. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I get it. Did you see Matt Riddle's tweet? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to go to McDonald's and eat his sadness away. Yeah. That's fucking funny. It is. Uh, yeah, you know, you. I don't know, man. You you just. It's just not what people were imagining, right? Yeah. I don't know what to say about it. Do you think it maybe could be a swerve leading to maybe I, someone like I, Cena or something? Who knows? I don't know. I just, I kind of have a feeling that's not a swerve. That's what, you know, that's it. Do you think this is their way of saying, like, thanks, Baron, for dealing with whatever you've dealt with this year. You still get a WrestleMania match and you get to wrestle Kurt Angle? I think it's going to be. I don't think that, like, yeah. I don't think there's really any of that put into it. I think it's just like, okay, who are we going to have Kurt work with? We haven't figured that out yet. Okay, who we have? Who's left to, you know, who's left to fill that spot? Okay, we got Baron and this guy and that guy. Okay, let's go with Baron. We like him. I do prefer. I don't want to say I prefer this to the alternative, but I'm happy it's not Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, because I think that would be staler. Because that would that was where we were headed up 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 until Raw last week was that it was going to be Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, WrestleMania. No one was going to care. Like at least now we care about Kurt Angle, and then we get Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, which is—is is this announced? I don't think this is announced yet. He know. made the challenge in yeah. Raw. I mean, to me, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns can make sense in a lot of ways because uh, Roman Reigns—it's—he just came back. I don't think they expected; they knew when he was going to come back. Who knew it was going to be four months? And like, what are they going to do with that match? Are they going to beat Drew? He's on a roll. I mean, like, he needs—he needs a good win. And what are they going to do? Beat Roman? He's just coming back from you know. If they really think Drew McIntyre can become Universal Champion, this is the spot for, for Drew to, to make it happen. Yeah, Roman to lead towards that. And uh, you know uh, what else? Uh, there's that match there. Uh, we already mentioned AJ Styles, Randy Orton uh, is going to happen, which uh, that could be a showstopper right there. And then Shane and Miz, they'll make that great. Mm. You know, and 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 Shane Shane McMahon match fashion. You know how those are. Mm-hmm. You know you can always count on them being. You know, very entertaining. Yeah, incredibly. 
And there's going to be an Andre the Giant Battle Royal because Braun Strowman said he wants to be in it. So he hasn't officially been entered in it, but he said he wants to be in the Battle Royal. So I've never gave two fucks about the, about the Battle No, yeah. just being honest. It's crazy that Braun Strowman, that's where he's going to be and, and not on the actual card in a match. But that's what huh. it's looking like. It's funny how things, you know, the landscape and positioning can change. Quick. Yeah, rather quickly. Yeah. Well, last year he won the tag titles with a nine-year-old at WrestleMania. <laughs> we all remember that one. So, yeah. uh, the year prior he saw. Oh, and then I had this—I had the worst awkward moment with Sheamus in the like that later on that night after WrestleMania. Um, and it was just like you know how you kind of say things like obligatory, like just like the standard things, like "Oh, good job." Hey, well, great match, champ. Yeah, hey. like that type of thing, and you know we were we were. It was the end of the night, and we were both going up to our rooms or, or whatever. And, you know, I was like, it was after the WrestleMania match, and I was like, great stuff. And it was like, oh, we all know that wasn't. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was great, like, piece of business. Like, the people liked it, but it wasn't a great thing for for him and Claudio. Mm. And it was just a really weird thing for me to say, like, that didn't, you know. You're being like, cordial. Yeah, fine. man, but it was just one of those things. Like we couldn't even. Not, both of us knew. Like, no, <laughs> it wasn't like, good. Like, Great job out there. And he's like, I can't even accept right, that. We can't. Yeah. Right. I ultimately don't think I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that was a moment. Should we take a break and come back? Yeah, with, let's uh, do Rory? that. Yeah. Let's reset here, and then um, uh, Rory Carp is going to come on. We're going to talk about Luke Perry. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us over the phone right now, he's a filmmaker responsible for uh, some of the best stuff out there. I, I you're, You'll know him for uh, for his 30 for 30 on Ric Flair. Uh, he's, uh, he made Coach Snoop on Netflix. I could, just, I could name, I could. I could rattle off a bunch of things he's done, but four-time Emmy award winner. Yes, and he's one of he's one of the best out there, and uh, he's here to talk to us about his friendship with uh, with Luke Perry, ladies and gentlemen. Rory Carp joins us. Yes. Hey, Rory. Hey, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, so um, hey, Rory. I when I heard the news uh, that that Luke passed, like you're the very first person that I thought of like I was just like oh shit like you know because you're the one that tried to connect uh uh Luke and I well you did actually I like I was I've told people several times like I have a message from Luke still on my cell phone you know talking about coming on the show and and all that but you know um yeah I you know and then you and I had a conversation about him and and you know uh just his death and how it affected you and I just I just really want like uh think it's a great idea to have you come on and, and uh you know share your uh your experiences with, with Luke Perry, He's such an incredible guy. For sure. Well, you know, I like to bring kind of good people together and I think you're a great person and I think I thought the world of Luke, so I wanted to bring you guys together. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is just <clears throat> how much of a huge wrestling fan he was. Uh, Luke grew up in the Midwest, in Ohio, 
uh, very humble beginnings. He's kind of nothing like uh, his character of Dylan McKay on Beverly Hills 90210. He actually um, lived in a trailer park as a kid. So he told me stories of sneaking into wrestling shows and seeing the NWA and kind of wrestling influenced him to wanting to become an actor. The uh-huh. performance and the bravado and he loved Dusty Rhodes. Um, he went to visit Dusty when he worked for the WWE. He went to a couple of shows and was backstage. And he just always had such a great respect for the art of wrestling and always loved it. And in fact, was a producer on the Ric Flair 30 for 30. And I, I would show him cuts and he'd get feedback on things because he's just someone whose opinion I really respected. And um, he just loved wrestling. In fact, um, he had a relationship or a friendship with Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes, Dusty's son. So, yeah, um, you know, you know, Rory, I was there. I was there at the Cal Palace that uh, uh, that was where I met Luke. And uh, and to watch him interact with Cody and tell Cody how special Dusty was uh, to him and and just listening to him tell the stories and. Um, and that, and, and to find out, you know, th- that night, just how much Luke Perry loved professional wrestling. It was so cool. How come nobody well, really knew that, uh, Rory, how come like really like, uh, like general public didn't really know that about, uh, Luke, that uh, he had a passion for pro wrestling. Huge. In fact, um, you know, recently it was, uh, kind of in the wrestling news when David Arquette, Right. Uh, was in that death match and got hurt. Luke's the one that drove him to the hospital. Right. So Luke was in attendance at that show. Um, you know, and, and Luke was a fan of wrestling when maybe it wasn't that in vogue. Yeah. Or cool to say you were a fan of wrestling. I think now everyone's a fan of wrestling and people talk about it all the time. And it's, there's kind of nothing to be ashamed of. But back in the day, you know, people would uh, be condescending about it or. Yeah or say it was hokey and you know when luke was at the height of his career he was still vocal about being a wrestling fan and really appreciated the art of it and um you know it's just with his passing um a lot of times when a public figure passes uh, kind of their maybe their indiscretions are kind of uh tucked away or forgotten about and you only look at the positives, but Luke only had positives. Um, he really was one of the best human beings I've ever been around. It's hard to really describe unless you knew him of just how good of a person he was, how kind hearted he was. And, um, just what a great man he was. I mean, I, I don't, I guess in life, you know, you're really lucky if you get to meet a couple of people like that, yeah. that really influence you. And, um, you know, I don't know if you lost people. Uh, I know you've lost different people in your life, but someone that you just admired so much. And I just admired him mainly as just a human being, just witnessing how he treated people. And he was an incredible father. So, and, and so um, Rory, can you, uh, do you mind sharing with us, like, uh, how, like, he was there for you at some pretty tough times as well, huh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we met like 10 years ago, and then, um, 
you know, became friendly. And then we did a film together on uh, the baseball owner, March Shot. I don't know. If oh, you've yeah. Ever heard yes. <laughs> Cincinnati Reds. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we, we, he and I really spent time together then and, and became friends. And I'd, uh, we hang out when we were in LA and different things. But then, um, you know, when I was going through my divorce, that was definitely for me the worst period of my entire life. And he was just so um, caring, you know, he'd been through a divorce and he would check in on me. And um, I remember he invited me uh, for Christmas over his uh, house. And, you know, because he had asked me, he said, hey, do you have your kids? for Christmas. And I said, no, they're not with me. And he's like, well, if you're not doing it, why don't you come over here and have Christmas with my family? Hmm. So, you know, I was excited and I came to LA and I'm thinking in my mind, you know, it's like a Perry family Christmas. Like his kids right. are there, relatives. And I show up and it's, it's just him and his fiance. And there's like suitcases out and nothing's going on. And um, almost I was getting a vibe from her a little bit, like, what's Rory doing here? <laughs> you know, um, in the friendliest, <laughs> nicest way, but they were, they were going to, I think, Bora Bora the very next morning. And uh, he still maybe hadn't even packed yet. So, um, and I was like, I said to him, I was like, dude, like, why uh, did you invite me over if um, you're leaving to go away on vacation for a few weeks? And he said, you know, I just didn't want you to be alone on your first Christmas without your kids. Wow. And that was the kind of guy he was, that um, he was so caring. And he sat with me and he, uh, you know, revealed things about himself. And was just, uh, just a very genuinely caring person. Um, he appeared on my son's YouTube show. He, uh, he, <laughs> just was always checking in, in on my own kids. In fact, uh, my son Cooper is a huge Walking Dead fan. And I just mentioned to Luke in passing that yeah. uh, we were going to a Walking Dead convention. And Luke's like, oh, I know some of the people on that show. Uh, let me contact them for you so they can be nice, you know, greet your son when you go there. And he did. <laughs> I mean, and he's a busy dude. <laughs> and to do that um, just really spoke volumes and... Um, you know, I'm really, really going to miss him because, um, I mean, the world's going to miss him. He was just a special person. I just wanted to be able to get that across. Well, that's, uh, a, that's the thing. You know, like this I'll, this has uh, been a couple of um, – it's been a few weeks now, and, you know, and it hasn't died down. That's why it's like when you uh, – when I got your message yesterday, it's like, hell yes, it's uh, we're still going to have you on to talk about Luke because, like, I mean, there's still, like – uh, you know, he's still on the cover of magazines. I go in the uh, I go in the grocery store last night, and I mean, and I mean, everyone's still talking about him because that's how his death has affected everyone. Like all his friends, all the people that worked with him, you know, people that just met him in passing. Like the like like I'm sitting here, you're on my show talking about him. I met him one time. I met him yeah. one time. It's my that's how much he impacted me. And uh, meeting him one time, talking to him for ten minutes. So. He, and, you know, the truth is, I think he would probably hate all this attention. <laughs> I mean, he was a, a really private guy. And um, but he 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 was all about people. And, you know, he's in the new um, 
Quentin Tarantino movie yeah. that's coming out this summer. Once which upon is a, a really time big in Hollywood. Deal for him. Yeah, so um, you know he he didn't get too into uh, his role or anything. I know that he he has a good role in the film, but uh, just to give you some insight into the way he thinks, um, I, I had asked him about like yeah, like what what's it like working on this this set with you know all these Hollywood heavyweights and especially Quentin Tarantino because as a director I really admire him. And, you know, he was, Luke was telling me how great everything was. And I said, well, what's the best part about Tarantino as a director? And I'm thinking, you know, Luke's going to give me some sort of insight into, like, this guy's filmmaking genius. Right. And what Luke, what Luke said was, what his best quality is just how nice he is, how Tarantino treats the cast and crew. He's just a really kind person. And the thing is, that's what mattered to Luke, how you treated people. And that's what stood out to him about Quentin Tarantino, not the yeah. writing <laughs> or his wittiness or whatever, that he treated people well. Because if you were going to be around Luke, you had to be a decent person. And there's just nobody more decent as a human being than Luke. So I think that's why his death is affected the people that know him so well. And I, even the people that don't know him, I think it's kind of shined through in his roles that he had, um, you could kind of see like there was a lot of humanity. Yeah. In him. And the way you mentioned, you know, how low key he was and how humble he was, it kind of translates over to how he supported his son Jack in professional wrestling. You know, a, a lot of famous dads, they would probably be uh, putting themselves out there saying, This is my kid, you need to give him opportunity. He didn't do that at all. Like he would go and support, but most people had no idea that Jungle Boy was, was Luke Perry's son and, and Jack is, you know, thriving now. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, he built his son a wrestling ring in his backyard and got him lessons when he was a kid. And I don't, I don't even know if he was that crazy about him getting involved in wrestling, but I think he was just, he was into whatever his kids were into. So, um, and he never wanted to overshadow his son. He just wanted to support him. And um, as like, he was such a good example of a, father like just being a good dad um i really feel for his son of how much he's gonna miss him because like luke was like really looked out for him and looked out for his daughter and you need those people in life you know i think especially you you long for it if you don't get it from your own parents so uh his his son is you know obviously a great athletic talent and i think he was really happy that he signed with AEW um, because, you know, from everything I, I've heard, it's those guys like Cody and the Young Bucks, they're just like good people. Yes, and they are, yeah. they're going to have patience, you know, with him because he's very young and just kind of getting started out in the industry. And he's at a place where maybe he could grow into that role um, and maybe not feel like a huge amount of pressure hopefully yeah i think that's a i i honestly when i saw that 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 uh he signed with them i thought that was a really good fit you know they can nurture him and uh and you know and and you know and you know not protect because you know like we don't want to like you know put someone in a cocoon or whatever but you know like just you know help the kid out you know what to watch out for you know 
because there still is wrestling, wrestling is wrestling has gotten so much better, but there still is that element, you know. And there's always going to be those people that want to see somebody fail, especially if they think That's they come just from privilege. Human nature, you know. I think, like we were talking before the call. I think, you know, wrestling. I don't know how you feel about, it, but it seems to me like maybe maybe there's never been a better time to be a wrestler, as far as the professionalism yeah. and the options. You have so many options now where yeah. you could go and what you could do. And it seems like WWE is a really good place to be now or whatever. But I think Luke just won one. I, I don't want to speak for him, but I would think that he would want his kids just to be healthy and happy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think just support Jack, um, you know, as much as you can. He's his own person. He's his own man. He's a very talented kid, but a very, very sweet guy, too. Yeah. I can't express that enough. Just very humble. Just a good kid. Um, and there's no so, doubt Jack's going to be well taken care of in AEW. I mean, you mentioned Cody, the Bucks. I mean, Kazarian and Daniels are not much younger than Luke was, and so I think they're really going to look out for him, like you said. Yeah, and I think, where you know, what's really cool, at least, from a fan's perspective, and I'm a wrestling fan first and foremost, is that those guys, Cody and the Young Bucks, they're like self-made. I mean, yeah. they really kind of got to where they are by their own, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and kind of became this huge following organically. I've never really seen anything quite like it. Um, because it's wise, never really so. happened. Because it's <laughs> never really happened, Rory. <laughs> That's why. Well, but it, it's really cool. It's really something like fun to be a part of and you know um i've just heard rumblings about their tv deal and i think when that gets announced like people get really excited and it just seems like it's a great great time to be a wrestling fan there's so many good options including nxt which is fantastic and then you know wrestlemania there might have the first main event of female so um it just seems like it's a good time. And I know you're a very positive person, Sean, which I think is a good way to be. And It's the only way to uh, be, man. It's the, it's the only way yeah, to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, and Luke was really uh, a positive person and really excited about wrestling and loved wrestling. Hey, so I mean, hey, about that. Do you guys sat and talk about wrestling a lot and, like, uh, uh, discuss, like, uh, like, Favorite storylines, favorite angles from the past. What were some of his? Oh, yeah, all the time. Well, like I said, he loved that 1980s NWA. Hmm. Uh, the Four Horsemen, Ric Flair, yeah. Dusty Rhodes. I think Dusty Rhodes was his favorite wrestler of all time. He loved the American Dream. And, you know, he grew up when it was still territories. Yep. So he talked about what a big deal it was when the NWA would come to Ohio uh, because it wasn't like they would come every month or whatever. So um, he, he just talked about, you know, Dusty Rhodes was kind of one of those larger than life figures and the theatrics of his promo, the right. fact that he had a character and knew how to sell his character. And um, I think, Luke really loved the theater of professional wrestling. In a way, um, you know, the athleticism today probably better than it's ever been in wrestling. But in some ways, the theatrics has been lost because everything's so out in the open now. And with the internet, and you kind of, as a kid, I used to love that, not kind of knowing what was real and what was not. And 
as a fan, that's what I really liked about the Ronda Rousey stuff because yes, you know the fact the fact that people were questioning it. Think yes. about how hard it must be today to get people to question whether something is legit or not, and they got people to question it. Yep. She did that. Her and Becky and Charlotte, which I think you know to me is a great storyline and. Um, to be able to do that in 2019, I think, is a real accomplishment. So, uh, and when they can do that now and it works, man, it's like magical. So, uh, but yeah, so Luke loved uh, the theatrics, loved Dusty Rose and um, Ric Flair, and loved the AEW. Was a huge Cody fan. Hey, so did he in ever? Fact, did so he ever... We were going to go to Vegas. Uh-huh. We were making plans. Me, him, and Jack were supposed to go to Las Vegas, not Las Vegas, uh, where did they have their first? Chicago. Oh, Chicago, Last yeah. December. Yeah, but Luke had the film uh, for Riverdale, so we couldn't go. But we were making plans to go that Labor Day weekend, the three of us. Hey, are you going to be at, uh, are you going to be there this uh, this time in uh, in Vegas? Um, I, I, Possibly. I'm not, I, Actually, I'm trying to see Jack the next time I'm in L.A., uh-huh. So um, I'll talk to him about it. Another, I'll give you another little tidbit. Somebody that reached out to me um, and sent me a nice text offering condolences about Luke with CM Punk. Oh yeah. Uh, because uh, Luke actually called him. I, uh, they they connected when we were filming the Evolution of Punk series, and um, he gave Luke some advice for his son. And they had like a nice connection, and Luke maybe gave him a little bit of acting advice as he was getting in that world. Mm-hmm. So uh, they connected there, and you know, and Punk said the same thing. He was in shock and just how cool the dude uh, Luke was. So hey, uh, it was it was interesting when when you and I were talking about Luke and how uh, he was basically like the this. This Tarantino movie was kind of like he was going to use it as a springboard for like Mount Mount to come back in Hollywood. I think so. I mean, I think he, you know Riverdale's a really popular yeah. show, so he kind of got uh, kind of back in the zeitgeist a little bit on that show. But I I I think with this movie and having a big role in it, uh, we just kind of remind people of his acting ability and you know his career really wasn't that important to him it's hard to imagine that um i think he was appreciative of it but he didn't it wasn't like his identity like i'm an actor uh or like i'm in it didn't kind of make who he was he was all about being a dad that was his number one identity and goal it was mainly the main thing we discussed all the time that's how I think he'd want to be remembered more than anything. Somebody that loved his kids. Wow. I see. I was like, um, not so much a nine zero two one zero fan or anything, but like the, some of the other stuff he did. Like, you know, people don't realize what a great role he had in Oz. Yes. Mm. Oh my God. As the he as fucking the, killed it on yeah, that. Yeah. I show. always I always wanted to the ask preacher. him if like he really like. Like what his character did was his character really God and then just disappears because he they put him in the wall and then he's not there. That was so crazy. Yeah, I always wanted to ask him about that. Oh man, well, I'm so glad you brought that. I up. mean, he you gotta if you didn't grow up in that area, it's hard to express like how 
fucking cool Dylan McKay was. Oh yeah, my sister had his poster I mean, on he, her wall. He's playing a 16-year-old who, number one, is emancipated from his parents and lives in a giant house, drives a Porsche, um, is in AA. He's a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> At 16. So he's just, but he played the role, you know, it, it was kind of a goofy show, but he played it with such a, a real genuine quality. And he wasn't goofy. He was multi-layered and really connected with people. Uh, I mean, every girl wanted to be with him, but guys wanted to be like him. And I remember when I first started hanging out with him, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to hang out with Dylan. And he, we made plans to go out on a Friday night. And I'm like, I'm so so stoked. I'm like, man, going out in Hollywood, this is going to be awesome. Like, what, are we going to go to clubs? What's going to happen? <laughs> and uh, I go to meet at his house, and I'm telling you, it was like 4.45 at night on a Friday. He comes downstairs in like these old man pajamas, like something my dad would wear. Uh, like, and he's got a baseball hat on, and I'm like, uh, are you getting changed? What he's like, <laughs> oh, man, he's like, back's kind of hurt and he's like why don't we just hang here and drink beers and have a pizza or something and i was like man this guy is nothing like dylan (laughs) (laughs) but it just shows that he was such a good actor uh that he could play that guy and he i asked him once when we were hanging out because he knew i I didn't want to come across like a stalker but he knew i liked the show and uh i was like can i ask you questions about it and he's like, you know what? You can ask me any question you want. So I started asking him all these detailed things, like I'm like a Star Trek nerd, but for this show. And it, he never watched any episodes. All of his memories were, were from when he filmed it. Oh. So I'm asking him, like, why did Dylan do this when he should have done that? And how come Brandon did this? And then he, uh, <laughs> I remember him just looking at me and he said, Rory, man, it was just a stupid show. Incredible. Put things oh, in man. perspective for me. Nice. Oh, shit. When are you coming back to LA, Rory? Yeah. I'm going to come back. Uh, I'll be back next weekend. So I'll be out here for a week. And um, I just got a text from from Jack, so his son. So we're making plans to uh, get together. So this is important, though. Uh, um, you know, when we get into our forties and fifties and start creeping up there, like I mean, you know, he passed away from a stroke, Rory. Like I mean, there was no warning signs. I mean, I think you know he was a healthy guy, right? Thin, thin, worked out, um, didn't party, you know. Um, I think we want to have a, a reason to say, like, oh, well, was he a smoker or was this warning sign? But sometimes people just, it's a freak thing. And yeah. I think that's what it was for him. I think it was a blood clot from what I read. But, I mean, I don't know if you remember John Ritter, the actor, died yep. on sure. Teddy at an aneurysm. Sometimes just freak things happen. And I think, you know, more than anything, it's why we should live for today and be appreciative of the people that are closest to us. Um, it's why I really value listening to your show, Sean, in, in all sincerity, you, because I think you are someone that really lives for today. And it's very appreciative. You don't live in the past. 
it's really easy to like live in regret on things or also just live for the future. Like, yeah. Oh, I'll be happy when I do this or I'll be happy. And Luke lived in the moment. He was all about the important things in life. And I'm really uh, thankful that like, I was looking back at old text messages. Like I thanked him for being my friend. I told, like he knew how I felt about him. And so there wasn't anything left unsaid. So I'm grateful for that. And I think just, you know, live like he did. Yeah. Uh, tell the people that you love, that you care about them. Don't wait for tomorrow and just try to live in the moment. Yeah. And to follow up your point, you know, the best thing that people can do to for preventative measures to avoid strokes, get your blood pressure checked regularly, especially as you age, because sometimes a blood pressure can spike and you have no idea. So to get a check regularly, that way, in case there is an issue that arises, you can take care of it. So. Yeah. Hey, real quick, Rory, uh, before we go, uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, like, I haven't heard anything about, uh, you know, your work lately. Like, you know, anything coming up? Uh, I have a film on History Channel that's coming out. Cool. Uh, it's called Secrets in the Sky. I think it's going to be coming out this summer. Is it UFO? It's a two-hour film. What's that? Is it UFOs? Uh, yeah, it's a little yes. bit UFO based. <laughs> it's, it's about the founding of Area 51. Oh man! And um, it's got all, all this unreleased footage and photos. And did you talk to Bob Lazar? What's that? Did you talk to Bob Lazar? I didn't talk about that. It, it mainly focused on this top secret ah. uh, division of Lockheed Martin, the uh, airplane company. Wow. Uh, that was responsible for building all these spy and recon planes. And the people that worked on them lived in something called the black world, where no one could know what they did. So it's like these, these nerdy engineers who kind of thought they were just working in the aerospace industry suddenly get brought into this whole secret spy world during the Cold War, and it, there's all this espionage, and then they test the planes at Area 51, and it's just uh, it's a pretty crazy story. Wow. History Channel is actually doing a version, almost a 30 for 30, called History 100, wow. where they look at uh, kind of crazy stories that people don't really maybe know about that have happened over the last 100 years. And they've got some big filmmakers doing films. Werner Herzog's doing a film. And uh, I have a film. It's called Secrets in the Sky. Oh, and it's uh, going to come out this summer. Uh, Dennis Quaid actually... Uh, Portrays the founder of this company. Which so it's a drama. Stumper. So it's a dramatization. Scripted. It's a it's a docudrama. Oh, so gotcha. there's a lot of documentary, but we have recreation. Oh, it's about skunkworks. Whoa. Yeah, skunkworks. You've heard wow, of that? Of course. Yeah. Holy shit. I can't wait. Hey, and they, you know, in history, like they do a really good job of those type of things. Have you, like they have that show on there called Project Blue Book right now. That's kind of a like similar to that but anyways no that's so cool and that's so cool rory you always Dude, we're do... having uh we're gonna have a premiere like uh possibly at skunkward so you'll have to come to that Dude, please invite me i'm, I'm there <laughs> that's be, right up my alley I'll more be your plus you one ever know <laughs> any chance you're going to the ufo festival this year the UFO festival, maybe the UFC festival, right. uh, not the UFO. Hey, okay. They, but so you know, Ronda, Ronda Rouse, he's the I think the father is it like a rocket scientist for one of those companies or was? Hmm. 
really? Yeah, yeah. like Pasadena, Jet Propulsion yeah. Labs or yeah. something like I think that. Because Jet Propulsion Labs yeah. is out of Pasadena. Yeah. Mm. Wow. No, I, I wasn't aware. And then um, I still do a show. I asked her for. <laughs> I asked her for dad. Like you did worked on any UFO reverse engineering shit. <laughs> so that's in me. that's in our film though. That whole reverse engineering because the Blackbird, that airplane. I mean, it was doing insane things in like 1960. Yeah, it was going Mach 3.2. So a big rumor was that they were reverse engineering alien aircraft at Area 51. I believe they so are. That, that's something big that we explore in our film. Is that true? What evidence is there to support or deny it? Do you look and, in? Do you look into the TR3B at all? The triangle? I, we don't. Oh, okay. No. Uh, not that anyways. No, sorry. Oh, man. This could be a <laughs> yeah, whole no, other episode. <laughs> anyways, Rory, hey, man. You're one of the greatest, and, and you're one of the coolest people I know. And I, um, man, I hope to see you again soon. Where, where are we going to see each other again? I will definitely hit you up. For you to tell me I'm one of the coolest people you know might be one of the biggest compliments. I'm honored uh, to know you, ever. Rory. I'm honored to call you my friend. Thank oh, you. Thank you. And, Likewise. and thank you, um, thank you for coming on, man. Like, I, yeah, I, this absolutely. is really cool. We get to uh, I, share I some of the stories. I appreciate you honoring Luke, and um, it, it means a lot. Cool. Thank you, Rory. Rory Carp, everyone. Thank yeah. you, man. Ladies Woo. and gentlemen, have a good one, man. All right, take that care, was cool. Wow, I love all that UFO shit. Uh, you and I could go all day. <laughs> I just finished a 10-hour book on Roswell. I'm going to the UFO yeah. Festival this year. I can't wait. Hey, do you ever... There's a YouTube channel called Secure Team. You, oh. you should check it out. They have some really cool stuff on there. Count me in. Yeah. So, sounds like we just backdoor spin-offed a second, a second show. Yeah, I think we could <laughs> uh -huh. do that. Anyways. That'd be some great content for the YouTube, which you should subscribe to yes. at YouTube.com slash Xbox. Follow him in... Follow him on Twitter at the Real Xpoc. Me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. I keep getting fans asking if you'll be at WrestleCon or Access. I'll be at Access on on Friday from seven to ten, I think, or something like that. Okay. We'll let you guys know, but yeah, he'll be there. Yeah, um, yeah sounds uh, good. I'm Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That's K U F M A N N. I'm involved in a lot of YouTube pages. If I tweet the link, chances are I'm involved. All right. Uh, I'm at Jay Quasto. Uh, the Rikishi In Your Face Tour uh, was really great this past weekend. We're going to be in Nashville March 26th and the Brea Improv March 31st. And also I'll be calling some events uh, WrestleMania weekend for multiple promotions and, of course, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood every single week. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. And uh, sorry I missed everyone last week. And um, anyways, well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you right here next week from After Buzz Studios here in the beautiful North Hollywood, California. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at TheRealXPOC and email us at XPOC12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Mm -hmm.